on, on page Kuf Pei Hei, the Rebbe was just talking about the the intelligence of the Chachamim, the intelligence of the Chachamim as as it's expressed in the Svar Makadoshim. That when we learn the Svar Makadoshim and we see we see the great intellect of the Tzaddikim. That we have to understand that when we are learning this form and we are and we are watching this their great minds unfold before us, that really their intelligence was only a clee, a vessel to receive inspiration from their nefesh ruach and their neshama. So therefore, when we study the wisdom of the tzaddikim, it's not human wisdom that we're studying. It's not human wisdom. It's mislabish in human wisdom. It's enclosed in human wisdom. But it's not really just a product of the intellect of these brilliant people. So when a person sits down and learns the Svarmakadash, what the Rebbe is explaining, and this is a continuation of the last prayer, except it's, it's more concrete, and he's going to explain it more how this should affect us. When we sit down and we learn the Svarmakadash, what we hear from the Tzaddikim, what we really want to do is to get to the inner spiritual prophetic core of, of what they're saying, of what's contained in their words. So the Rebbe was explaining what we saw last week. The Gemara says, Chacham Adif Minavi, that in some way the Chacham is not diffus, there's a preference, there's an advantage of Chachma over Nevoah. And this Indian is a very big Indian in the Svarmakadoshim, especially in the swarm of Rapsodik, but in all of the swarm that we see that the Chachamim would say something, and when they would say something, they would very often what they were saying was something that they would we'd find out later on that there had been something like that that was said from Har Sinai that the Chacham reached in his own with his own mind. I mean learning something and explaining something, the Chacham reached reached a truth, reached something that had that had been really revealed to Maishu Rabbeinu and Har Sinai earlier. And, and um, we're not just to Maishu Rabbeinu, but the Bechlal were, they were uncovering pieces of Torah that had been from different tzaddikim in different places of the world at different times. So even though when we, when we listen to them and we only read what they're saying, it seems, it seems to us that these are just brilliant people that are saying smart things and that someone had this idea, this concept, and it was a matter purely of the intellect. But that's not true. There's no question that their intellect is involved. Of course. But what's happening is that the intellect of the tzaddik is tapping into his, his nefesh, ruach, neshama, chai, yechida, and they lived in this constant, in this constant semi-prophetic state which Rapsadik talks a lot about, the Indian of the Baskal, which I've explained many times, which the Kain talks about in David Sadik and in other places that we see Chazal say that even though Nitla Nevuah Anavim, even though we no longer have Nevuah, but Adain Mishtamshim Bevaskal, but we still have access to some level of divine inspiration that's called a Baskal, an echo, a divine echo. And the, and the Tzaddikim, and the Tzaddikim um, more than others, 
had access to the Baskol. And Reb Sadiq explains how we see from Chazal that children, children have also unbelievable kaychus in this Indian because of the pureness, because of how they're nikim minachet, that they're able to pick up on this frequency, this echo. And the meaning of the of the baskal of the divine echoes, Reb Sadiq explains from the pasuk in Yeshayahu, we find in Chazal in the Yushalmi and Shabbos, in the end of the Gemara Megillah, the very last Amud in the Gemara Megillah, in a number of places we find that that the um, that, that there were children who were there were children who were saying psukim that they learned psukim that they learned in 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 Cheder, in yeshiva and in those psukim there were there were divrei nevuah things that were happening in the world were contained in the psukim the Maisi with mordechai and with haman and psychically psukacha asking the children what did you learn today and so on the number of things like this where there were people there were tzaddikim that heard in the words of children uh, that they said a passage that they learned that day that let your ears hear words that are spoken from behind you that when Hashem spoke to us directly when the Hashem told the Navi when it says Hashem, that was Nevoah, we no longer have Nevoah but there's something that's called an echo and the echo means it seems like it's a separate voice it sounds like it's a separate voice in other words when the Chachamim spoke when the Chachamim spoke, <clears throat> it seemed like it was just a human voice. And we heard the Chacham say, his Torah. Just like when you open up the Kedusha Slavi Yisvas Emerson, we open up this Sefer, any of the Svamah certainly when we're hearing from Chazal, it sounds to us like it's just a, a smart person sat down and he wrote something, he said something. So Tzadik explains the meaning of an echo is that even though it seems like it's a separate sound, it's a separate voice, like when you hear an echo, hello, hello. So the second voice, even though it seems like it's an independent voice, it's its own voice, the truth is it's an echo of an earlier voice. And it's something which really, so therefore, uh, Tzadik says, what the Teresh is an echo of the Teresh It's not intelligent, brilliant men looking at a text and saying, hey, what kind of interesting things can we come up with to make Jews crazy for the next couple of thousand years? And, to, and hey, this looks like an interesting drush, so why don't we dash over here this thing and get everybody all, you know, all upset and have them thinking for the next couple of years how to figure this out, where do we see this in the Pasuk and so on. That's not how it works. When the Chachamim, when the Chachamim saw, when the Chachamim learned Teresh Shabbat even though they learned it with their intellect, with their minds, when they said something, it sounded like it was a it was a human product, but it wasn't. It was a it was an echo. It was a an echo of an earlier voice that was resounding within them, that mixed with their minds was this was this connection that they had to the deepest part of what who they are. Nefesh, ruach, neshama, chayi, yechida, which which reaches all the way to the original source of energy that we were talking about, or ain't save baruch the infinite light of God. So they uncovered with their intellect, they uncovered the deepest, deepest will of Hashem. The deepest Ratzna Hashem of Or Ein Saif Baruch the infinite light of God. It's not just, God forbid, human intellect. Therefore, when you or I sit down to learn Gemara or Chazal, and we have to be so careful how we speak, 
when we learn Chazal, when we learn this Svarma we have to realize that it's not just something, it's not just a subject that uh, it's not just a subject that was written from the ego of the author. Whenever we read a piece of literature, so somebody said, wow, this is so beautiful. It's true. But that, but that piece of literature is purely the product of that person who's writing it. That means it's a manifestation of that individual's personal in- intellect and his ego, himself. And when it comes to the self, there's always this, there's always a problem of Anochi Hashem. That there's the Anochi, like the Tzadikim explain, <clears throat> there's the Anochi that stands between man and God. And that Anochi is the ego. The I that stands between man and God. When when we are when we're listening to the words of the Tzadikim, when we're learning their tires or listening to their words, it's, you're not listening to you're not listening to the to the tzaddik. Since the tzaddik is without the ego, what you're listening to is the nefesh ruach neshama that seems to be just the nefesh ruach neshama of what of the kedushas levi or of the noim eli malach is just the nefesh ruach neshama of this private person. But really, those tzaddikim were living in constant connection to the chayi yechida. And the Chai which is connected to the Ar Ein Saif Baruch you and I, when we speak, so since we're so grounded with our egos, since we're so connected to the self, when we, when someone listens to us, they're listening to us, even if we're saying fancy Torah. The way that the Tzaddikim, the way even that the Tzaddikim said Torah. So we have the way that Sadiqim said Torah. It was an amazing event, with the, the, just the tzur of how they would say Torah. So we have from different Sadiqim, and that would happen. Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Nachman, I told you many times, we'd be walking in the street, and all of a sudden he would stop in the place, and he wouldn't move from that place. And they would see, people would pass by, and Rabbi Nachman standing still, and people would start to gather, and, and his eyes would turn into his head, and Rabbi Nachman would start to say Torah. It wasn't like it was planned, come here Rabbi Nachman, like to have flyers for a month in advance. Come here Rabbi Nachman's Torah, you know, uh, donuts served after 8 to 9 o'clock. That's not how it worked with Rabbi Nachman. Rabbi Nachman said Torah, it was mamish, it was like, like Maimed HaSinai. Rabbi Nachman would stop and there would be his galus hanefesh. And, and then people would start coming and, they would, and he wouldn't move from there. They would stand around him in the street and Rabbi Nachman would start to talk. Or the way that it was described by Kedushas Levi when he said Torah was a murdic thing. Sometimes Kedushas Levi, he would sit and he would go with his head back and his mouth was wide open, like this, without the lips closing, and Torah would come out from his mouth. In his voice, with his mouth open, without the lips closing, Torah would come out from inside. And he would have his eyes open, and he'd be looking up, up and Torah would come out from his mouth. It's, the, it's not it's not the way that you or I talk. It's the way that a person talks when it's not the person talking. It's the person merely acting as a conduit for something higher to come out. <clears throat> that's that's divrilikim chayim mamish. So when we're learning, shkai, uh, thank you. When when we're learning, thank you. The tachlis, wow. I'll give you a tip later. <laughs> when, uh, you'd know he said that. That's right. So when we're learning, the question is, what's our objective in learning Torah? 
What's my tachlis when I'm sitting down learning whether it's Gemara, whether it's Gemara or whether it's or whether it's a shtikl What's my what's my tachlis in learning? There has to be a, the tachlis, of course, is to understand, to understand what the tzaddik is saying, with the Tana, with the Amayr, with the Rishon, with the Achron, to understand all that we could understand. But the, what the Rebbe is explaining to us here is that the tachlis must also be to somehow get to that inner spiritual, prophetic, semi-prophetic, baskal essence of what the tzaddik is saying. So that what? So that as a result of my listening to the tzaddik, of my hearing his words, that I could be inspired. That there could be his galus of my neshama. That my soul can be revealed to me. That I can become a better person, a bigger person. That's not why, that's not why people go to hear lectures. I'm not talking about Torah lectures, yeah, that's why people go. But that's not why people go to hear biology and chemistry and to go to college. And, and you don't have to even be in the presence of the person. But not there. The computer, and you listen, it doesn't even exist. Or you can take the whole quest. It's, it's not, there's no inyan of, of coming to nefesh chayi, nefesh world, neshama chayi It's just purely a matter of intellect and understanding what this person says. And how usually in what he's saying, his whole union of talking is to try to show how nobody else knew what they were talking about. Only he knows the truth. And it's the whole union that you hear is the ego. That's all you hear is the ego, the ego. When you go to a tzaddik, so it could be that you heard, as I explained many times, it could be that you heard 50 lectures on, on uh, 50 lectures on, on Shabbos. And still you're, you're not so careful and, you have, and you're not learning Hilchah Shabbos properly. You walk into the tzaddik and the tzaddik looks at you for a second. He says, you know, you, should, you, you have to be more careful with Hilchah Shabbos. And then that's it. Then you, then you start getting all the swarm and you start learning Hilchah Shabbos and you start being more careful. What happened? What, what, gave, what gave him that, that authority? Is it just a question of, of your respect for the person? You would have gone to someone that might be the, a bigger lamban in Hilchah Shabbos. And someone that could say a fancy shir in Hilchah Shabbos. And you've heard a thousand fancy shir in Hilchah Shabbos. And it hasn't propelled you into greater shmir Shabbos. And the tzaddik says, keep Shabbos. And then he tells you zaygazim. Right? And then, and then for the next 70 years, you're Shabbos Degiyid. Because it wasn't his ego. You felt that for that second that God was talking to you. That's scary. And it's mechai of a person. Because it wasn't coming from the, it wasn't coming from an ego, it wasn't coming from somebody's Indian, somebody's thing, or somebody like a person thought, and and with his lumbness and with his intellect, he came to this conclusion that you should keep Shabbos, and you said, well, with my intellect and my thought, I came to the conclusion I shouldn't keep Shabbos. Well, so it's uh, he's smart, I'm, I'm not as smart, but I'm also smart. But we're in the same ballpark, so therefore we could argue about Shabbos. But then when you walk into the Chavos Chaim, the Chavos Chaim says Shabbos. So then we're not talking in the same, we're not in the same league. I'm talking from my mind and the Chavetz Chaim is talking, the Chavetz Chaim's mouth is open and the, and the Ein Saif Baruch Hu, the infinite, the infinite will of Hashem is coming from his mouth. Ah, you heard about Shabbos for all the years and you know about Shabbos, you read about Shabbos and the Chavetz Chaim says Shabbos. So then it's Vaidabra Hashem al-Moshe Leima. El-Kim Yedabra Moshe Yanena Bekol. It's an experience of Maimon Hasina Me'ein. It's a little taste of Maimon Hasina when you're in the presence of the Tzadah. <clears throat> That's what the Rebbe is talking about. An approach, a mindset, when we're sitting down to learn. It's a different parasha. It's not, it's not, God forbid, just to learn something. And this is what we're crying about, that to a large extent, 
as a result of the work of the Yavanim and the Misyavdim and what and who the Misyavdim are nowadays, even Misyavdim that were Yamakas, that there is this separation between the above and below. And there's certainly what comes to that is a, is a disdain for Tzaddik. Is a disdain for the Tzaddik. And for the whole Indian of the Tzaddik. And for the whole belief in what we're learning about in this Indian of Baskal, that, that, that you can hear words that are spoken from behind you, not directly with Nevi'im, we don't have Nevu anymore, but with the, but with a Baskal, with an echo. And even though the echo sounds like it's, like it's not Hashem, but it really is Hashem. That's what an echo is. An echo is a, is a fainter, softer, um, product of the first voice. So, when the tzaddik says Shabbos, so, so originally that began with Hashem saying Shabbos screaming, and the tzaddik says Shabbos, and then maybe there's a smaller tzaddik says Shabbos. It's, it gets like that very, very soft, <clears throat> but it's all an echo of the original voice of Hashem's Baruch saying Shabbos. And it's happening right now, because every single second Hashem is telling us to be good Jews, and Hashem is telling us right now, Shabbos, Shabbos. And, and every single second... Uh, the Barnishlum is Mashpia, his chef into this world, that we should get close to him, that we should be attached to him. So when we listen to the tzaddik, or we, look, or we learn the Maimon and the Gemara, that's why so many times a person opens up a sefer, and he, and, he hears, and, he, and he says, oh, that's just what I was thinking about. That's just what I was wondering about. That's just, that we have to, what we're going to talk about now, beginning at Kuf Pehei, is how to listen. But that's what the Barnishlum is talking to us all the time in this farm. Kol Masechah B'Sefer Nechtavim. And that's why when you go to a tzaddik and you're listening to a tzaddik, you'll feel all the time that, hey, how did did you know I was thinking about that today? How did you know I was thinking about that? That doesn't happen when you go to college. And when you're in college, you listen to the lecture, you say, how do you know that I couldn't care less about that? How do you know that that's the last thing in my life that I wanted to hear today? That's what you're thinking when you're at a lecture. You're dying. I can't believe it. Like, why on earth do I want to hear this? And if you're going to somebody, even sometimes, God forbid, it happens by, Torah, by so-called Torah lectures, the ones that are on the flyers for a few weeks in advance, and that are put up on every, every street corner that you go, then you also, God forbid, could feel like, I don't know, what's he talking about? If it's filled with ego, then you, feel, then you don't feel, a, if that person's talking from a place that's filled with ego, you don't hear it. And very often you just feel a, a disconnect from those words of Torah. But when there's a Jew that's talking without an ego, and he's trying to communicate the Dvar Hashem, so then when you listen to those words, it could be, it could be even a simple yid. Then, you, then you're amazed. That's not much what I was thinking about. That's not much what I wanted to know today. That, that's, you, have to, you have to go to the right person to hear, and you have to have the right, the right ears, which the Rebbe is going to talk about now. And then it's mamish like you're standing in Hashem. The Baruch is talking to you. Like it says in Chazal, that the, that the Baruch spoke in a voice so that each person could understand. Anochi Hashem Elokecha. Your God. And it came to each person not the way he was able to hear it, the way he was able to understand. That's when you're hearing Torah, when you're hearing Divya Kim Chaim, and that's when you open up a Sefer, even when you, when you, uh, even, when you open up a Gemur, you open up a Rishon, you should, you, should, you should have a little bit of a tiny little bit of tefillah that let me understand, let my ears hear the words that are being spoken to me. Because this is not just a question of, of, of intellect, it's a question of his Dabkas Basham. 
and let me uh, let me hear what Hashem Baruch is telling me now. What is this? What is this Gemara? What's it mechayiv me in my life? I'm talking here about a, I'm talking here about a carbon. I'm talking here about an Indian in, in the Zik and in Taharis that it's not But what's it telling me about something in my life? And how do I understand on my level who I am that I could walk away from this having been touched on some level by 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 Hasina by Nevuah? And that's not how we learn any other book in the world. That's not how we study any other subject in the world. So we could appreciate why is that, that when a person is sitting in yeshiva, that he wants to continue in yeshiva and he has a hard time going to college afterwards. We could understand that, that when a person is, that it's a long way from, you know, from Har Sinai to, to Casino Boulevard or something. It's a long, it's a long schlep, it's a long haul and it's depressing. You're standing at high Sinai and then, and then, and then, and then all of a sudden your parents tell you, you gotta, you gotta go to, you know, Casino Boulevard or wherever it might be, uh, you know, whatever school you go to. I'm just giving an example of, of, of a common place where Jews end up. It could be, it could be, uh, anywhere. But it's a long trip. To go from there, I was standing at High Sinai, I was hearing Divya Lakim Chaim, and now I'm listening to some brilliant, you know, maybe nowadays in college it's unlikely, mostly they're stum idiots. But it could be, in the old days, you listen to some brilliant egomaniac who's telling me his machshavas that he has, you know, that, that, that he has, uh, you know, over the, over the course of 50 years, you know, he, he uh, came to those conclusions. Like, you know, my Indian Shemitah, it's all Hasina. Like, so what do I have from his conclusions? I also have conclusions. My conclusion is that he's wrong. And my conclusion is that, that, that this is the most boring thing in the world. And I wish I didn't have to be here. But, but they told me that I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to make a panos and the God forbid my children are going to die of starvation. So, okay, so I have to go. But a person has to know, has to have the, has to know that there's a chilik when he's sitting and learning and when he's going to, and when he's going to school. And all right, you have to go to school. And a chanami is maybe it's part of a person's establishment. He has to make a panasa. The person has to go to learn a trade also. And the plumber, if you want to be a plumber, you have to go and you have to watch and you have to listen to what the guy tells you to put the pipe like this. And you have to listen to it. Okay, you know, we have to learn. The person has to, have to, has to work to say that. But when you're learning, it's a different thing. You have to take off the clothing. You have to take off the clothing from the human intellect. You have to take off the clothing of... That, that what, even though it might have been the most beautiful thing, a person is reading some, some powerful poetry, you're reading something beautiful, self called self, it's, it's human intellect. Not only is it human intellect, what it encloses is all the tumma of the person who wrote it. Think of it. When you're reading Yishtakal Torah, you're connecting to the Nefesh, Ruach Neshama Chai Yechida, Adikdushas Levi. When you're, when you're reading an English book or a secular book, you're, you're connecting somehow to the Nefesh, Habahamis of 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 a Bahamagasa. A Bahamagasa. The same thing when you're listening to the music, which we spoke about many times, and I got into such trouble and I gave this tape, like I don't know if any of you heard this tape I gave a music, it must have been ten years ago already, eleven years ago. I think it's tape number three. That's the number. I mean there were many tapes before that, but when the time that we started with the cover there and Queen started recording it, you know, when we started having tapes, so it's called the power of music. So I, told, I was saying over the third Torah in Lukut Imran, basically I was explaining the third Torah in Lukut Imran. Ad Hayyim, I get calls about this, how could you say this, how could you say this? I said, it's Rabbi Nachman says such a thing, and you don't like it, so then don't, you know, what can I tell you? So don't buy the, the tape series or something. 
you don't like it. This is what Rabbi Nachman said. That what? That, that when, a, when you hear in the Gunnah from Rishoyim, that the, in the Nigun of Arasha, is the, that, that, they, that they could have a terrible hashpah on a person. Because why? Because when you listen to the Nigun of Arasha, that somehow on the level of Netzach and Hayd, whatever that is, that the, that the, that the, uh, since Nagunim come from the place of the Tzipurim, of the Tzipurachaya, which comes from the place of Nevoah. So somehow, when you are, when you are listening to the Nigun of Arasha, you're, you're enjoying the Nigun of Arasha, you're not just, you're not, you're, so you're saying, ah, I couldn't care less about this guy. It means nothing to me. All I like, I like the music. You could say that, but that's not what's happening. When you're listening to the music, and when you're enjoying the music, so then on some level, the, the soul of that Russia is, is being mislabesh in you. And you're connecting to him on a level of nefesh, or on a level, uh, on a soul level. And that, could, and that could have the most damaging effect on a person in a very subtle way. Nowadays it's not even so subtle. You see with our eyes the effects that the music has. So a person just says, no, I just enjoy this. I'm not listening to any of these instructions that they're telling me. I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to absorb their lifestyle or the way that this person thinks or feels or, or lives. I just enjoy the sound. I just like the sound. That's all. He's not even, there aren't even lyrics in his music. I just enjoy the sound. And there Ibn Ahmed says in the third Torah how, how the unbelievable, unbelievable hashpa that, that, that takes place when you listen to the nigunim of Rishai. How that affects a person. So why? Because the same thing, because Divalikim Chaim, the Nigan of a Tzaddik, it might seem like it's a Nigan, it might seem like it, so it's not the, it's not the Nigan that you would, that you would necessarily enjoy. You like a certain kind of a Nigan. But, but the Nigan of a Tzaddik is, is coming from that place that we're talking about. It's coming from, it's coming from the place of Netzach and Haid, which is very much connected to Hanukkah for those who are Isaac in these things. It's coming from that place. From, from those places of, of Khumi Zimra Sa'aretz, of the Nigunim of Eretz Yisrael, of Nigunim of Nevu, of prophecy, of longing for Hashem, of longing for the truth. It's coming from Hashem without the ego of the Tzaddik. It's just the sound that's coming from Hasinai. It's the sound of the Shaifa still, that's, that's still the, the same, that same Shaifa from Hasinai when you listen to a Nigun of a Tzaddik. Uh, but then when you listen to, when you listen to the Nigunim Khalila of Arasha, so you're listening to the to the nigunim that are coming from the sitrach. It's coming all from. It's all coming from the sitrach. So a person a person listens to a person listens chalila to the nigunim of of uh, of this of this mushkas meshugana Michael Jackson. He's on some level. He's connecting on some level to who that person is. Even though you swear that you hate him, he's disgusting. He's a he's a criminal. He's the lowest person in the world. I just I just listen to the music. I don't know if I, I mean I don't know if people listen, Jews listen to that music, but you, 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 the person's connecting to him, you never would dream that you have any shaykhs to the man. I wouldn't call him a man, whatever, whatever he is, I'm not sure what he is. But you, 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 you don't have a shaykhs to him. You, you think you don't have any shaykhs, you have a shaykhs. It's a pachet. And the only reason that people get so upset about, about that third Torah and look at the Moran, so they could they could think that it's just they're upset with Weinberg. I'm just I'm just saying Rabbi Nachman's tire. So besides, they're so upset because you know it's when the old cognitive dissonance sets in. Like I can't hear this. I don't want to hear this. This is bad. Make the bad man go away. Make the bad tire go away. It's because that's going to get me to. I have to hand in my my boombox or something. Or I have to give back my you know. I have to hand in all those old CDs. So I, I, that's bad. He's the bad rabbi. It's the bad rabbi. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, 
try to make believe I never heard that bad thing and listen to the nice rabbi who he also listens to the music. He's the good rabbi. I mean, these are, this is what we're living, the time that we're living in, this is what we're living through. But to be zeichet, to hear the likim chai. That's what the rabbi talks about on page Kuf Pehei. Avoloi dai. It's not enough to know that when we listen to the tzaddikim, we're listening to chachman nevuis, to prophetic wisdom. And that they're speaking to us from the higher world, from a higher place, it's not enough. That's why I gave the long introduction. Because it depends on us as well. What koyach do we invest? What do we invest of ourselves? In what? Into listening, into hearing, into learning these matters, these spiritual matters. What are we? What are we? In other words, why are we coming to this year? Why are we? Why are we opening this sefer? Is this some sort of a thing you want to say a shop, you want to say a good vart and that everybody like it, the Sharbaq will say, hey, it's pretty good. Or you want to say something, you know, to, to because it's, it's smart, it's good, it's interesting. Not to say that it can't be interesting, that a person shouldn't try to, that it shouldn't be geschmack. That's not the point. But that a person should, that a person should hear, should come to listen to Torah, to hear Torah, to be, to be a bigger person, to be a, to connect to Ein Saif Baruch That's why we listen. When a person comes with that thought in mind. Which means the Lashon of Chazal, that the earlier ones, they were plowing, and they were, and they were sowing, they were planting, Vanu and us, who are we? Ein lanu We have no mouth with which to eat. What does that mean? That the earlier ones, they planted for us, they plowed, they planted for us, Meridika things. But Rabbi Kiva left the world, he didn't leave the world empty. The Chassam Sarifah didn't leave the world empty. The Vilna Gaon didn't leave the world empty. All the tzaddikim, they, they, they worked hard for us. And they left us with unbelievable, unbelievable produce. But the problem is, we don't even have a mouth to eat. We don't even, we don't even know how to eat what they gave to us. They set the table like a shulchan aruf, mamash. That they gave us all that we need to be mizdabik to Hashem, to connect to Hashem. The Rebbe brings this from Chazal. We don't even have we don't even have to eat it properly. So so they make a Talmudic college, and 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 everything is tam is tam seichel and moichen without v'leiv ayin without heart without koiches and nefesh without. Without wanting to hear, like they used to, to hear a Musa Shmuz. What was it like to hear a Musa Shmuz in Kelm by the altar? To hear a Shmuz from the altar from Kelm. What that was. And a person who went to hear. And sometimes I look, you know, sometimes I look at the swarm that they put out. You know, the Talmidim of the of Gedolei HaMusa. So especially I, I, I you know. I remember it was, 
in particular that I was that I that I, I bought years and years ago when I, when I, when when I lived in Eretz Yisrael, I bought the Ort Sofen from the altar from, from uh, the altar from Slobodki. You ever see the Ort Sofen? The altar from Slobodka. So I bought the Ort Sofen. And like you know, some like stupid wise guy American, you know, that that like uh, likes to hear good stuff. So I buy the Oretzofen, and I was all excited. I heard about the Oretzofen from the altar. I buy, I got it in, in Gula on a third, on a Friday morning, whatever. And then on Shabbos, I was a Friday night. I you know, I sat down with the Oretzofen. I tried to find something to get to the parasha, and I'm looking at the Oretzofen, which means hidden light, and I'm, and I'm saying, it's very hidden. <laughs> I don't see it. kind of hidden light. It was. And, and you know, because I, I was already at that time very, very much into Swarm Akadoshim and Chabad and all the different Swarm. And, and I was open to everything. And I was looking at that and I was thinking, Yavav, you know, I, I don't see this here. It's like, you know, Marach uh, uh, or something or other, like, uh, you know, 150 Chazals. I didn't see it. And I was, and, and, and then I closed it, and I looked at two or three. And that was the end of my Yavav, and I put it on the shelf, and, and uh, that's the end of it. You know, many, many years until I, it took many years until I opened it again, and I had a cheshek once on his on his yard site, and and I and I opened it again, and and I davened before that that it should be that it should, that it should be what it should be better than the first time. Not that the Otsofen should be better, but that Weinberger should be able to hear. Because the first time I was in such a stupid small place that I couldn't hear anything. But this time I davened that let me have a taste, a taste of what it was like when I, and I, we have we have pictures of the altar, we know what he looked like, so you could imagine it. What it was like being in that being in that place at that time and trying to imagine that tall, beautiful Jew, the altar, you ever see a picture of the altar from Slovakia, standing in his regal way, leaning onto his cane and saying this tire. And if they're going to the mikveh and davening and, and then opening up the word soften, it, then I'm not saying that I understood completely because I'm, I'm not I'm a dragon to understand even to be zeicher for an akuda of the altar for Stabark. But but it was much much different than the first time. It was much different. And and this is how we have to try. We have to daven that we should be able to learn in such a way, and that we should hear things in such a way. But that's what they. they the tzaddikim made everything, they prepared everything for us, but if you don't know how to eat, if you don't open up your mouth to eat, so what's going to help? So there are people that they're listening to all these lectures and they're writing books, but they haven't ever tasted, they haven't eaten. Rabbi Kiva they haven't eaten a Rabbi right? They haven't eaten it. They just, it, it's something which passes by, it passes by their, their minds. But they haven't eaten it. He cave in Shahor in this Smaid Banu. So why is that? Cave in Shahor in this Smaid Banu, since the light is so diminished within us, we are so disconnected from the energy source, from Khan Edison, from the from Kivyachal Ain Saif Baruch, who was so disconnected from our own Nefesh Ruach Nishama Chai Nikhida. But what's very strong in us is what? The ego, Anochi, I. That's very, very strong, the Anochi is. 
It's very hard with our minds to bechlal comprehend. It's like learning learning the arts often. Like well, we don't even we don't understand dvar muchniim. We don't understand dvar muchniim. Let alone that it should have an effect on us. We don't understand dvar muchniim. So you could sit and you could and you could say over a kedushas levi, and uh, you know what? I don't know what he's talking about. Not because of the words. You understand the Hebrew. It's not because you don't chap intellectually, but it doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. The problem is that when we learn the Svarim, we're learning with our egos. We're learning with a very strong sense of self, of the ego. I am looking into this Sefer, but I is with a capital Aleph. Ani, Anoichi. Which means the physical eye, the physical ego-filled eye, is looking into this sefer and is waiting to hear something that he could say over, you know, uh, some some interesting thing, some intelligent thing that he could say over, you know, some achlekes like this, like this, like that, and the chalpazoy and the I hold not like Rashi, you know, and he's looking to say something. So when the when the um, when the person's way of listening and learning is that it's with the eye, with the ego, so it's, you see that that v'shuv seichel anoshihu, then all we're talking about is this, a, a human intellect. In other words, even though the tzaddik implanted everything and it's, and it's prophetic, it's filled with this prophetic wisdom, but if you or I approach these words with the ego, we don't pick up on it. We don't hear it. V'shuv seichel anoshihu. Seichel anoshi. Yeah. So all you hear in this, because you're approaching it purely from the ego, with your own, purely with the intellect, all you can sense in this is intellect, and all you're all you're interested in is in intellect. How is this something which is going to impress me intellectually? And that's all you hear. So this is kesayid. I have to explain what's going on. Sermons and sermons and sermons and sermons. Vaita, vaita, vaita. Sermons filling the atmosphere. All, all with the intention of trying to dazzle somebody by some brilliant thing that the, that the psukim, you know, that, that you're able to work out these psukim, or you're able to fit together two different kind of chazals, and that everybody should walk out being, being dazzled by how, how brilliant that was to put together the two things which all together, which all together come, we come from this to the conclusion that, you know, that the Geneva Accord was not right. You know, these are the conclusions that usually, you know, the sermons that the, all coming from that place of intellect and ego, and all putting together different sukkim to 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 be able to to be able to get the Torah to agree with what I want to say, not to be able to say over what Hashem is saying, but how can I get the Torah to say what I want to say? Ruba the ruba of what's going on in the world is how can the Torah, how can I use the Torah to prove what I think? What I think, what the ego speak, what I think. How do I get the How do I get the Torah to prove that? And and uh, everybody can find whatever they want. But it's purely it's purely ego. It's purely intellect. And it's not it's not it's not particularly inspiring. People who are more intellectually bent might find it interesting. 
If the person is a good speaker, he is, and, 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 he, and he knows how to present something, it's interesting the same way that not all college professors are miserably boring. Some of them are fascinating, certainly and very, very interesting, and it's fun to go to and listen to. If it's, a good, if it's a good speaker, a good teacher, and he has interesting things to say, for sure it's good. But it's not going to get you to put, you know, it's not going to get you into the mikveh. It's not going to get you to put on tefillin with more, with more dvekas. It's not going to get you to daven differently. It's interesting. So those are already the better sermons. That they're interesting sermons. And that the person is impressed and he, and he finds it, hey, that's very interesting. But it's all the ego. Uh, it's coming from ego and it's being heard with the ego. And lives are not being at all affected or changed by any of that. By any of that. Forget. It's all being diminished. Lower and lower, less and less Yiddishkeit. And when there are teachers who are teaching this, who are teaching that way, when there are rebellion, when there are teachers who are giving over that way, so then we understand the hismatus, the diminished returns that are that we see, God forbid, from children and grandchildren, Khalila, that that the aura is getting less and less and less. It's getting weaker and weaker and weaker. Because it's Seichel Anoshi. The person understands more of the intellect and what the in what the uh, in what he's saying. Therefore, you could have even a person whose whole life he's learning Kabbalah. And you know he he is learning Kabbalah, and he so he knows it so well. He can make diagrams and, and show you the connection between all the different elements. He knows all the elements. He, he talks to you about the spheres, and he knows about them. He knows the all the different parts sufim and the spheres and how the and how the spheres are connecting one with the other. He says over fancy things, and he read a couple. You know, he read books on it, and he knows this to talk about Kabbalah. He knows how the spheres are working. He read it, he read up on this. He read up on this on the spheres. He got a couple of books, or he's learning even some of this learning on a higher level, and he's learning Kabbalah his whole life. Intellectually, one can talk about the spheres also. There was a great Kabbalist of, this, of the past century, a genius of geniuses, who wrote many books on Kabbalah, as I, as, and you know that he was a Mechal Shabbos, he ate on Yom Kippur. <clears throat> he wrote books on Kabbalah. And, uh, and you could ask him, he knew more than, he knew more than anybody else about, about the Sriyus and about the Patsufim. And he would talk to you about it without a yarmulke. He would give a lecture into a microphone on Shabbos. About the, about the, about the Amidus Sriyus. That's a very extreme situation. Then the less extreme, less extreme. Where a person, the person's Isaac, you know, he's trying to look into Kabbalah things, and he says all the Kabbalah things he might understand, and he because it's, it's, the, the, it's, it's a they're brilliant, brilliant things that a person can understand in Kabbalah, and it's the the constructs and the abstract intellect that's found in Kabbalah is, is amazing. There's also Seichel and Ashi. He could also understand. With, with, he's also with the Seichel and she's approaching it from the perspective of ego. That now I know some Kabbalah. It's like, a, you know, he knows Kabbalah. So he's able to say over, you know, the Sviris or something like that. 
And if he wants to imagine in his mind the spheres, he uses pictures as we see in Kabbalah, images of this world. And since this person is, is completely buried in this world, that's all he thinks about is this world, but he likes Kabbalah. But he enjoys his steak, he enjoys his girlfriend, he enjoys all these things, right? The ego is very strong, and part of the ego is that he could say over Kabbalah. And that he's interested in Kabbalah. That's part of the ego. So his, the same way that he, his chushim, his physical chushim, give him pleasure with his girlfriend, they give him pleasure with the steak. So in order for him to connect the Kabbalah things, he has to also use his physical chushim to use mashalim and to look in a very trust and coarse way at the mashalim that he sees in Kabbalah. For instance, many of the mashalim of the Kabbalah are dealing with sexual images. Many of the mashalim. Azach and the Keva. So when this person who has the girlfriend and he has in his knapsack his Kabbalah book when he meets his girlfriend in the park and they walk holding hands in the park and he's got his Kabbalah book in, the, in his knapsack so you have to understand that whenever he's learning Mishalom and Kabbalah and it's about sexual and yonim it's poshit it's not talking about Eilam Misal Yonim it's talking about Tachtayim Mishabit Tachtayim it's not about higher worlds it's talking about the lowest world imaginable and all of his way of understanding these things are, are mamish in the, most, in the most disgusting way And for us to understand how is it possible that from a person, a brilliant person like uh, like Shabbat Tzvi Yemach Shemot, that they came out such tumah, that he went with Zionists in public and things like that, and that people were people were, were were still going to him after these things, it's hard for us to understand what that means. All of the chushim of a, of the since the, since Shabbat Tzvi's whole Indian was the ego. So all of his, all of his inyanim and Kabbalah were all mislabish in his ego and in physical things and all the mishalom that are physical mishalom instead of, instead of rising and understanding the nimshal when Arizal spoke about Zohar and the Keva what, the, what Arizal was told was, wasn't that, didn't mean that Arizal now that, now that we're talking about the, about the mishal and nimshal that he thinks oh Zohar and the Keva, me and my girlfriend you understand? when it's coming from the ego, me and my girlfriend or the, or or, or the you know the girl and the guy that I saw on the television, Hashem Yirachim, or that he read about. You understand that people like us, uh, growing up in America, that our heads are filled with such crazy things. So then, then all of a sudden, you, you go around in your in your suitcase with a with a Kabbalah book and you're saying Zochin the Ma'am Duchin Ma'am Nukvin Zochin the Keva, and you read all these Mishalim, you, and you're supposed to understand the Nimshal. You still you still didn't, you never got out of the Marshal. You're, t- you're totally buried in the marshal. And what, what do you have a shaykhis to the nimshal? In Divlakim Chaim, in Kabbalah. It's, a, it's, it's not a gelacht, it's not a laughing matter. It's very, very scary. It's all what? It's all chush of the sikh like Taifsim. He, he chaps everything, he understands everything in the most trust way. Completely from himself, with the self, with the ego. That's the way that he looks at it. Because the whole thing is, the whole thing is an intellectual, interesting thing. About spheres. He's interested in spheres. What? Umisayim ke'ein zehu b'morim baruchnis. So this person, uh, he's so, he's so immersed in these Kabbalah things that are using these mashalim, the, these mashalim that are that are that are with physical things. That what? That he imagines that this is what it is like in ruchnis somehow spiritually. What is that thing in Shemaim really? 
Where does it come from? What's the nimshal? What does this really mean? This what the Arizal was talking about. What does that mean, Malchus? What does it mean, Zach and the Kaver? What's the Arizal talking about? This person doesn't feel it. He doesn't know it. The only thing he knows is his girlfriend. The only Zach and the Kaver he knows are, are himself and his wife. Or, 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 the, or the guy and the girl on the television. Those are the only Zach and the Kaver he knows. So he, when he when he learns Devilakim Chaim, he learns Kisveri, and he says all the things, and he's told all about these in Yonim. So he, he you know, he, you understand how that can go to a Zar. How that could look like Chasasom, like idolatry. Looks like crazy stuff. Person learns that. So you don't go crazy from it. So we're laughing the whole thing that goes crazy. Nobody goes crazy. You just get more. You just get. You get more involved with your girlfriend. If that's crazy, then you get more crazy. You get more involved with the tumor, that's all. You don't lose your minds. Nobody's going into nobody's being institutionalized because of reading a Kabbalah Sefer. You just become more magushim instead of more ruchni. You become more physical instead of more spiritual. It's a pacha. The nimshal you don't have. The mishalom are very explicit. The mishalom are like rated R and above or below, whatever you want to call it. And you don't have the nimshal. So what do you walk away with? Hey, you walk away with the gaval the gemoshal. And you enjoy the muscle. You think about the muscle. The muscle takes you from one place to the other. In, in, your, in your physical world of mishalom. So how does that bring a person closer to Hashem? Ulamad of Adayma. To what can this be compared? L'sumash le'iroha ma'iris miyamav. A person who is blind, who never in his life had seen, somebody who is blind from birth, in his, in his mind's eye, his eyes don't work physically, so in his mind's eye, he's imagining what the sun looks like. What he's heard, it's round like a ball, and he's able to feel a ball. He knows, what, he knows what that means. He touches, he holds that, and he knows what roundness means. So it's ogol kekadu, v'cham kefit and it's hot, like an oven that's open. He knows what that is, because he's touched a hot oven. So he has now, he has now roundness he, he's familiar with, he's touched. Heat and warmth, he knows. So now he's trying to imagine the sun, and the sun, therefore, is a much bigger hot ball. Right? In a much more beautiful way, in a more impressive way. That's the sun. Hotter and bigger and so on, but that's the sun. Does that mean knowing something? Is that, is that called yidi? Is that called knowledge? If one doesn't have the eyes to see Rahman al-Islam. The Gamba Derah Hakasidh Shotamid Shotamid Abal Shamtav Zikhwainim Lavrakha. And when a person learns Khasidis. Shihila Hamshik Dvarma Yainim. The whole inning of learning, the whole tachas of learning Khasidis is to draw Dvarma Yainim El Nefesh Ruach Nashamachai the Khidashal Haadam. Is to draw these, is to draw from the highest world into the into the nefesh ruach neshama chayin yichidim of the person. 
to understand and to and to receive these dvarim el these higher things. So isn't it interesting? You have people that they're very smart and they can open up a safe and they understand in their intellect they understand very very great things. And it doesn't it doesn't change them and make them into better Jews. Other rabbi could have even a negative effect. Then you get some little yiddle, he sits there and he davens up something in his safer. He doesn't even know what it means. He can barely understand it. And he davens it up and he gets all excited and he has the most beautiful Shabbos of his life. And the guy, the smart guy, with the Kabbalah book in his backpack, right? That smart guy, he makes fun of the of the of this partial yid and he says, Hey, hey, tell me something, what does it mean? Natsach and Hai. And the little Yidl who was just saying about Netzach, he was just reading something to his lady about Netzach and Hay. So the smart guy from the Kabbalah, you know, university, so he asked this little Yidl, what are you, hey, what are you, what are you talking about Netzach and Hay? And the little Yidl says, I don't know what it means. But it makes me feel good, I don't know. It makes me want to be a better Jew. And he laughs at him. He laughs at him. When this guy, when this guy's thinking of Netzach and Hay, so he's thinking of, 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 uh, he's thinking of the marshal, and I don't want to say what it is right now. And 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 uh, and he's laughing at that little yid. And this guy, so the, the yid goes off, and he has a gavaldig shabbos, the one that didn't understand, and the one that understands, understands, he gets more shakur. He immerses himself more in his tumah while he's carrying his his zayer, you know, for idiots in his backpack. You know, zohar made simple. The uh, you know samsino zohar in his backpack. Hashem yirachem. It's hard to explain these things. The only person that understands understands. But the the and and that and that person that 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 little fellow that what he's a mammon and he's not looking for his ego. He's looking to hear Devilakim Chaim. Like you see that by the Svadim, there's an that, that they daven up shtikloch zayir. You know the Svadim they daven up zayir. You ever hear Svadim? Go walk on go walk on a Friday by the Bukharim. You can hear coming out from the, on a Friday night. You can hear coming out from the walls of the shuls and the houses. All the Swadish Yidin, those real Jews, Davening up Zoyar Kaddish. So you think if we stopped in, in most of them, if we stopped, they would say, Could you explain that Zoya that you just read? He'd be the first to tell you, Oh, Hani Lo, 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 Lo. But they're Davening up the Zoyar Kaddish. So you say, Wow, I can think of better ways to spend my time. <laughs> you know, with your, with your degree, I have better ways of spending my time. No. So there's a, the davening up the Zohar Kaddish, what does it mean, Bechlal? Yehei chelki imohem. Halavai, our chelik, it should be with those Yidin in the, in the, by the Bukharim that are davening up the Zohar Kaddish, not with, the, not with that culture, that freezing cold uh, intellect. Most of the time, they're not even too bright. But the freezing cold person who thinks he's a, he's a big bal seichel. He's a big bal seichel. Right? And he passes by and it doesn't touch him in the slightest way. And he makes fun. We don't even know if the Zoya is from Rabbi Shimon Bayechai. And he says that to the Swadi. Can you imagine saying to some Swadi that, that, that we don't even know? Because he read, that he read in his Kabbalah book that he has in his backpack that he read that, that maybe it's not even from Rabbi Shimon, it could be something else. And he says it to this little Swadi, you know, someplace in Bukharim. And the guy, the Swadi, looks at him and he, and he doesn't know what to do with the spit, to cry. And he just continues with the Zoya Kaddish and his children and grandchildren are all holy Jews. And this one's children and grandchildren are not Jews at all. With all of his ha- ha- sagas and all of his cycle and all of his uh, antins and spheres, 
with what and this little yiddle who doesn't know what it, doesn't doesn't even know what what Netzach and Hoden Tfers what it means. The guy with the backpack knows Tfers. This guy doesn't know. He just says it. And his grandchildren are a high seyidin, fayid good Jews. To continue with that tradition, and you'll hear them. You'll hear them 50 years later also singing the Zayin on a Friday night. And this and this guy, the intellectual, the Mr. Kabbalah, who understands all the spheres, Hashem Yirachem, what his grandchildren are going to be saying. No, that's the chiluk. She says, Commissioner Dabim Yitzhak Hashem is a Eid b'Saif Ma'im Ezeh. We can talk more about this, but at the end we can talk about singing and dancing. The person who only chaps what? Who's only listening to the chitzainius, to the external, to the intellect, to the marshal, that's all he hears. He doesn't understand the nimshal. If he only looks at it with his intellect. So when Rabbi Yerchanan was sitting outside the, the mikveh, and that the women should be able to see Rabbi Yerchanan, that they should have children that are, that are beautiful children, so when they asked him, how could you do that? He said, they look to me like white geese. When Rabbi Yerkanen saw a woman, he didn't see the marshal, he only saw the nimshal. Everything in this world is only a marshal. When Rabbi Yerkanen saw a woman, he saw only the nimshal. And when he said white geese, so everybody like that learns that after his laughs. Everybody makes fun. Sure, I bet, I bet. You're, you're right. Like I told, like I once told you, I told that kid that was making fun of it. When you look at white geese, you think of women, <laughs> because you only by you everything's a marshal for your tumor. There's no nimshal. Rabbi Yechonin didn't see. Rabbi Yechonin looked at the world. All he saw was shir shirim, asher l'shom. Everything was a nimshal by him. And why is it that, they, that there was a fear of putting the shir shirim into into Tanakh? Because if people only see the marshal, and when you only see the marshal, you read shir shirim. It's well, what is this? What's going on over here? What's what? what, what? This is Tyra, what is this? Right? So the guy's the guy's the guy's you know in Central Park, you know, on a nice day, he's having a picnic with his girlfriend, he's lying on the grass, and he, he opens up his tanakh and he says she ashamed to his girlfriend. Give out. So romantic. So what's gonna be? Oh, but the nimshal he doesn't hear. The tzaddikim, everything in the world was only a marshal. Everything in the world's a marshal. All they see is the nimshal. The marshal means nothing to them. Food is a marshal. The air is a marshal. The person you're talking to is a marshal. And everything, everything is to understand the nimshal. But with the person who's coming from the other way, it's bechlal, all there is is a marshal. Even the nimshal, he's magshim, he makes into, that's what Avadazar is, that he takes the nimshal, he makes into a marshal. He makes God into a statue, no? It's the craziest thing in the world. He takes the biggest nimshal that ever was, Hashem is and he makes it into a marshal. He makes it into a statue. It's crazy. The early Avdevitas, the, the the early ones, they understood that the statue was just a marshal. They made a mistake. Like the Ramam says in Hilkas of Azar, how it came. But they understood that the statue was not anything to worship, it's just a marshal for God. Just like the Egel Azar was a marshal for Hashem. But those were the Rishayim. But afterwards, oi, then they began to just worship, the, then it just was a marshal. There's no nimshal, it's just a marshal. Forget, the nimshal is made, the, 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 the nimshal is a marshal, and, and they serve, and they over the marshal, and that's all. And that's how it is. That's how it is. comes from. When there's no nimshal, only a marshal. So this begins with a person who's serving Hashem. Rak levad. We think that the oiv of were, were dumb people. They were idiots. It's not true. They were smarter than the guy. They were smarter than the guy that got his 3.8 index uh, with the backpack. 
They were smarter. The Ayyad of Azar. People think that people think that the that that what the Anish, the people of those that they weren't smart. They don't think they could have done better on the SATs and the, uh, on the law boards than these guys, these pseudo intellectuals that, that read in their whole life three books, but because they think that they that they highlighted it, now they're smart. They highlight it and they have a, and they have a card that lets them into the NYU library or something. Well, lately people anyway jumping off there. And they think that, and they think that this is now they're, they're smart. And they think when they read about in, in Tanakh, so they read about these Ayyub Dev they think, hey, these, these are crazy people. If I would have been there, I would have still been with my backpack and my degree and my girlfriend in Central Park, saying over Divei Chachmah, well, these barbarians are worshiping idols. That's what they think. Those people were much smarter, had much higher IQs, and did much better on the law boards than these than these idiots. It's all the same thing. It's all the muscle without the nimsh. And that's rak b'sichloi levad. When it's just seichel levad, without nefesh ruach neshama chayichida, that's where it goes. It's just a matter of time. The Shemesh Baruch should help that we should learn in the right way. It's Shabbos and that, and that we should learn tonight to open up on the Sfarim HaKadoshim to see in the Hashem a new light, a new, a new, a new Torah with a new Cheshik for learning that Torah.